to the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, welcome to episode 107 of the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. Blue Jays spring training is just about to wrap up. They're spending their last day in Florida as we speak. And they're heading to Montreal, and we're going to talk all things Blue Jays today. Joining me today to assist me in that is Ryan Andrews of Jays from the Couch and Locked on Blue Jays. Ryan, after many technical issues, probably on my end, how are you doing, man? Um, I'm all right. You know, the wonders of technology and stuff. At least my computer's not powered by OnStar <laughs> or any any of your other Kansas City Chevrolet dealer bullshit. I'm bull. <laughs> oh, you can swear. It's Sorry. fine. Go ahead. That's all good. I you can, can swear. swear? Of course. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to because I I do pride myself on being a family podcaster, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see technical issues like that, <laughs> which for, for the listener at home, just, you know, just a, a combination of old technology and connections in Canada, just not cooperating, I don't think so. Just lots of fun. It, it's enough to draw something out. Well, look, it, this is this is the beauty, I guess, and the curse of remote podcasting. So uh, <laughs> I'm just glad I can get you on because um, Blue Jays, it, it, the season is about to begin, right? And they're wrapping up spring training, as we mentioned. Um, opening day rosters, pretty much all set. There are some things that they need to finesse with, but you know, most of all, the Blue Jay season is about to begin. Now, there's not a lot of hopes in terms of winning a lot of games or maybe a playoff appearance if there is hope at all regarding the 2019 Blue Jays but aside from Tim Mesa playing first base how do you feel about the Blue Jays <laughs> heading into 2019 uh I I, I totally missed that uh, I I didn't realize Tim Mesa's dream was to be the next Travis Wood <laughs> um it, it's tough to really quantify this because I, I don't think anyone had any strong expectations for this Blue Jays team for this season. I mean, granted, the injuries don't help that we've seen during spring training. I mean, I'm dealing with my own medical sick day here, but the Blue Jays make it look like a, a stub toe by comparison, all the people they're sending to the, to the hospital wing. But it, it it's weird that you can find hope kind of in individual players, like like people who you want to see grow from in the spring. You're seeing that growth, which does give you hope in the future. But at the same time, you know that this is not going to be a very good team. Any team that is throwing Clayton Richard out as a starter for any amount of time in 2019 is not going to be a good team. There's a reason the Padres paid to make them go away. <laughs> so um, it, it's, it, it's an interesting position to be in. It's one I don't think a lot of Blue Jays fans have been in where they kind of know this team is going to be bad as opposed to just discovering it in May or June or whenever the heck the Blue Jays decide to fall apart in a given year. But there's still that hope. And there's still those players giving that that sign that better things are coming. And that's that's something I don't think Blue Jays fans have had, like going into a season as opposed to just, you know, 
the the surprise runs in 2015 and 2016. I think there were uh, a decent crop of fans that popped up as a result of 2015 and 16. Uh, fans that probably weren't familiar with the dog days of Blue Jays, um, th- those teams, those uh, early Anthopolis and the entire era of Ricciardi. Um, I, I don't know that they are experience those kinds of downs, right? And I think that being said, this 2019 season is new for any Blue Jays fan, right? Any Blue Jays fans of any era, because as we mentioned, this is the first time that a whole crop of players are forming a brand new identity of the team. It's never been uh, 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 the surge of young talent coming in all at once. It's always pickpockets, right? It's always, it was the Brett Lawrys, the uh, Aaron Sebias, the, the the Kyle Drabacks, however you want to call it, the Travis Snyders, Lunchbox Hero 45 with the mustache. Like you just, you didn't know what you were getting. Do we want to throw Russ Adams in that list too? We My throw God. Russ Adams, yeah. How, how did the Blue Jays not win with these prospects of such high caliber coming up to the team? Uh, perfect. You know, Josh Towers, you know, all these players that like <laughs> form this identity of the Blue Jays. Now we're getting them all at once. Right. And I think this is the first time that we had a lot more stability in our hopes for these prospects coming up right before it was sort of still a waiting game. It was a wait and see kind of thing when it came to Kyle Drabeck and Brett Laurie or Naren Sebia who had like flashes when they first came up and then they sort of fizzled out. So I just, I don't know. I think that this is an interesting season to be able to see this young talent flourish and form a new identity that we've been promised throughout the years from Atkins and Shapiro. Yeah. And, and I think that is the biggest difference when you look at this team compared to the strategies of front offices in the past. With, with the Ricciardi area, er, with the Ricciardi era, with the Anthopolis era, even the Gordash era, there was always this, this yeah. sense of, of they need to win in order to get butts in seats. But they never had the talent to make their methods really work because they were always going the free agency route you know hey let's give bj ryan 55 million dollars to basically be good for one year you you know that that sort of mentality let's let's trade away three prospects and get ra dickey but let's buy the 80 win marlins team and see if that works in the al east all of these moves were made to win immediately but they were so short-sighted that there was no talent coming up to really work with those established veterans and make a team that could win. The Shapiro Atkins front office has decided to build from the ground up, just a complete overhaul. And you're starting to see the fruits of that labor rise up with guys like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Danny Jansen and Ryan Barucki making their rise up. And there are more coming and the and Blue Jays fans can see that. We won't mention them yet to, you know, avoid fainting swoons from listeners of the podcast. But they're trying to establish a culture of winning and it's starting in the minor leagues. We saw that with with the Florida State title in Dunedin. We saw that last year with the title in New Hampshire. They're going to try and make a run for it in Buffalo this year. I'm pretty sure. But establishing that culture of winning is going to be huge to kind of 
maintain a level of success with this franchise as opposed to just, you know, hoping that a Jose Bautista turns into a 50 home run hitter or or hoping that Aaron Sanchez puts together a brilliant full season without slamming his finger into a suitcase. <laughs> so it, it it's something more tangible that you feel you can build on. And I think Blue Jays fans are ready to to taste that kind of success. They know it's not coming this year, but they can see it. They they know where it is. They can find it as opposed to grasping at prospects and say, hey, hopefully Eric Hinsky can sustain his, <laughs> his form until we trade him for Bobby Keelty. Well, I, I guess my concern here is this is, as we've mentioned, this is the first time that we've seen the Blue Jays um, value prospects in the system with the with the foresight of having them as major league mainstays. Um, I don't know that this is a unique philosophy, right? The, the Rays have certainly operated on this, but the difference is they don't keep their players, right? They, they tend to not pay them and trade them before they become free agents just so they can recoup some sort of value within their system. Um, are you fearful that the Blue Jays front office are putting too much stock into this youth and banking on this championship mentality that you mentioned to flourish in the major league system without a lot of uh, other major league veterans, I guess, to influence them around them. In other words, I don't want to make this into a Marcus Stroman argument, like the the necessity of having veterans in the locker room. However, I do think that banking on this young talent to make this giant leap forward might be a little short-sighted. Yeah, and and first I should apologize. I got my Oakland trades mixed up. Hinsky got traded. He got bought, actually, by Boston, which is weird. So I apologize. Um, All good. All good. That was Shannon Stewart who got traded. It It is kind of, you know, that balancing rope you have to walk. Like, you don't want to go full kids, otherwise you end up, um, with a Houston team that loses 110 games or a Detroit side that effectively ruined every pitcher in its organization by throwing it out there to lose 20 games. So there is a balance that kind of needs to be walked. And, you know, to, to touch on something that we did um, mention before, and that was in the news a bit this week, when the San Francisco Giants came sniffing around for an outfielder because they only have three of them, and generally that's not a good idea going into a season, um, <laughs> the news was that they were looking at Kevin Pillar. And while I know this would be a great move for a bunch of Blue Jays fans who want to see the team go full into the rebuild and see Kevin Pillar is kind of declining, there's also value in still having someone who actually did experience major league winning on this team. Pilar is one of the last remaining figures from those 2015, 2016 teams. And I think the reason why the front office was loath to send him off for, for a package that wouldn't be great. Let's, let's face it. If you're trading Kevin Pilar now, you're not going to get like, an, a, a usable prospect. You're going to get like a Corey Copping type of guy who, you know, maybe, maybe he does something, but probably not. You're essentially throwing him away. The Blue Jays do see the value in that, I think. And that's why 
you know, a guy like Pilar is still here. A guy like Justin Smoke, despite all the trade rumors around him, he remains. A, a Kendris Morales, even though, you know, Kendris didn't do any winning with Toronto. And again, <laughs> I, I see a lot of talk just like, why is Kendris Morales here? Why isn't Rowdy Tellez up in his spot? Because Rowdy doesn't hit consistently. So just hold off. It is trying to walk that kind of tightrope balance between having enough leadership that your young kids don't get led astray down, you know, the Detroit Tigers path of having its entire organization's pitching staff essentially lose 100 games and be worthless after that. And having a Houston Astros mentality where, yeah, you're going to have guys lose, but they're going to have enough people there to kind of steer them through it to get to the point where you can contend annually for championships, which is what this front office wants to do in the end. I, I agree. I think that having just a little bit of a mix of veterans is, is important. And it's weird that we're regarding Kevin Pillar as a veteran. Like, I understand he's been on this team for quite a while, but to, you know, look at him as not one of the kids in my eyes is just sort of strange. But again, he is one of the mainstays on this team, and I guess you can classify him as a veteran. Um, it, so let's let's jump into him real quick. It It was... I guess leaked yesterday that the Giants have looked into a possible Kevin Pillar trade after they've released Cameron Mabin. Um, they're in need of a right-handed outfielder. I'm not sure that this is a perfect trade marriage for the Blue Jays in terms of what they can get. As you mentioned, it probably wouldn't be a lot. But for the Giants, I certainly see the value in having a guy like Kevin Pillar in the outfield. So do you think that this is a smoke and mirrors kind of thing, or do you think there's some actual legitimacy to these trade talks? I... Again, I'm I'm inclined to think it is a bit of a smoke and mirrors thing. I don't think this front office really wants to give it to Kevin Pillar like right now. Just again, because of what we touched on, the leadership that he does bring as a veteran, and I know immediately feel old when I say Kevin Pillar, veteran Toronto Blue Jay. Right. But right. <laughs> seems like just yesterday he was arguing with John Gibbons and getting sent down to Buffalo for it. <laughs> but we 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 actually had I'm I'm gonna go back to one of the failed attempts to record this podcast because I, I sure. thought it was a really really good point that that you brought up and that there's no reason to trade Kevin Pilar right now when you know April Kevin Pilar is going to show up and bat like three fifty with like yep. twelve doubles or something and be infinitely more valuable. To, to a team that might have an injury problem with its outfield or maybe was banking on a rookie who looks completely overmatched. So at that point, you can get a lot more for Kevin Pillar than a Corey Copping-type pitcher who you would just stash in Buffalo anyway. And I think that's a tactic that they're going to take with a lot of their veterans this year if they fall out of contention early. They're, they're going to probably look to move Justin Smoke in July. And that's why he's still here. That's why they brought him back on his friendly option deal to get that kind of value for him. It's it's going to be the same for for the pitchers they brought in. And like Bud Norris probably is going to have value to a contender. Um, maybe the guy they just signed literally like <laughs> like a few minutes ago as yep. we're recording this podcast. Um you know, that's that's again but gonna be the goal of the Blue Jays to try try and get 
as much for those assets than they can. And you can't do that in spring training. Spring training is not the mega deal kind time of the season. It's the we need to clear some roster space, have this guy for free kind of season. So, yeah, I, I think it is smoke and mirrors. I think if there are trades to be made, they're going to be made in the summer. My fear about that is that they're going to wait too long. And I know that we can't always assume that how they handle the Josh Donaldson situation is how they're going to handle every situation. That's a, that's a false narrative that I don't want to, I don't really want to walk down that road. However, you're right. Kevin Pillar in April and May typically or historically performs well, right? He doesn't chase at bad pitches. And for some reason, once the calendar turns June, he turns back into a pumpkin. So <laughs> my fear is that they're going to, you know, cross their fingers and hope, oh, this Pilar might be able to go all the way till July 31st. I'd rather sell him while he's at his highest peak in like mid to late April. I know that's early in the season, but if we know this as fans and if we've ex- seen the historic data that lends to, you know, Pilar turning into a pumpkin come June, I have to believe that the front office sort of knows this as well. And so I'm hoping that they analyze this and if they're going to trade him at all, do it at the appropriate time and not hedge their bets and wait all the way to July. Because if you wait till July, I don't think the return's nearly going to be as sweet. Well, well, and like the other thing factoring into this too is like if the Blue Jays probably thought they would have a ready-made replacement for Kevin Pillar right now, but despite the strong start to spring, Anthony Alford tailed off a bit. And with all the injury problems he had last year, they probably want to take it slow with him. So that's why he got reassigned to minor league camp last week. So without really having that succession plan and again, we're going to, we're going to find out what 40 man move was made today to uh, facilitate the signing that recently happened. But, you know, Dalton Pompey's name has come up a lot with that. Um, Jonathan Davis is probably another uh, target just considering he's been on the injured list. So they don't really have an option like like you can stick Randall Grichuk in center field and he can play a passable center field, but that's not optimal for the Blue Jays. You want to have Grichuk in that corner outfield just dishing power. So Pilar, again, still serves that role and, and to get rid of him so soon would ultimately be detrimental, I think, to the team. So so, yeah, I'm I'm with you. you if you want to give Alfred a month and then promote him and then trade Pilar, go for it. But make sure he's ready to go before you start, you know, dealing parts away. You touched on this signing. I guess we should uh, open it up. By the time this podcast is released, <laughs> everyone's going to know. But the Blue Jays just signed Daniel Hudson. Um, he's a, on a major league contract. He's in, in a reliever role. Um, I guess this is as a result of releasing John Axford. I, I would like to assume that's what coincides here. But um, it's interesting because... There have been plenty of elbow issues coming around Blue Jays camp. I I guess if you're a pitcher, uh, you should not want to be in Blue Jays camp because your elbow is seriously at risk. Um, We have confirmation that Ryan Tapera and starting pitcher Ryan Barucki will be uh, on the shelf. Uh, Barucki will reportedly, as of right now, miss only one game. I've heard this song and dance before of high hopes and optimism with Blue Jays and medical issues. I'm going to hold my breath on that because it, it probably will be more than one start. Knock on desk, that's not the case, but I've known this team long enough to know that I'm not really buying that quite yet. Tapera, however, has been 
um, given the green light to resume throwing, I guess, on Tuesday. That was um, uh, reported earlier today by Shai Davidi. So that's a step in the right direction. But with now Axford being released because of a stress reaction to his pitching elbow, they've signed Hudson. So what do you make of all this? What do you? How do you think this impacts the, the bullpen? How do you think Barucki's injury uh, impacts the starting rotation? Uh, Buckles isn't ready to go. They're saying that he'll probably be ready by mid-April. So this certainly puts a cog in the machine. Where are you with the pitching aspect of the Blue Jays? Uh, just, just when you kind of think you have things figured out with the Blue Jays, I, I, I thought I had it set like last week. I thought like, okay, if Tapera's done, this opens up a path for like a Hector Perez or something like that. And, and they go and sign Daniel Hudson today who, um, he's, he's fine. He's, he's an arm. He's, he's been kind of he's, he's good. He's good. <laughs> I, he's he's much like the Blue Jays in that he hasn't really recovered from that magical 2015 run that he had with Arizona. Um, kind of looked all right last year with Los Angeles. Had a 4.11 ERA in 40 appearances, but in the three years before that, he was he was worked like Ryan Tapera, 64, 70, 71 appearances. So he's probably going to be in like that Tyler Clippard role that. You know, he's a guy who's just like, we need an inning, go get it, that sort of thing. He, he's another former starter, too, which the Blue Jays have been piling up a bit. Bud Norris, a former starter. Ryan Tapera is a former starter. Um, some of the other guys who might have been ticketed for the bullpen, Luciano's been a starter, the real five pick. Like, it, it's, it's interesting to try and figure out what the Blue Jays are really going to do with this pitching staff and and yeah the Barucki injury kind of complicates things but you still have um and I'm I'm going to let out a really long sigh at saying this <laughs> they still have Sam Gavilio on the roster so he can throw four innings I guess um his last name is fun to say <laughs> that, that's the only thing fun about him that's it um yeah. Yeah, I, I, when when the news for Barucki kind of hit, I hypothesized that Gavilio would stay up and Trent Thornton would stay up, and those two would kind of piggyback a start just just to get the innings through. So they, uh, the Blue Jays have said they don't want to keep Trent Thornton up in a relief role. They want him to be a starter, so he was ticketed to go back to Buffalo. But this Barucki news kind of gives him an in and lets him stay on the roster for at least a little bit longer. So you think he's going to get the nod officially? I don't know if they give him the full on start, but be, between him and Gavilio, they'll try and get six innings out of them. I, I can see that mm-hmm. happening just so um, just so, you know, they 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 can use those 40 man slots that they have and not really have to have to burn someone kind of like they did today to get Daniel Hudson on the roster, which, again, I'm it's. It's probably the John Axford slot he's taking because I think Axford was ticketed to be with his team if he didn't get injured. So it, it's going to be interesting what they do with the final slots because we already know Giles, Tapera, well, Tapera and Norris, whichever one of them isn't injured, <laughs> Eugenie and Meza yeah. are, are going to be if in he's the not playing first base. Sure. <laughs> exactly. If he's not already in the game, which 
if if that's the case, good work. There are no lefty relievers left. Yep. So see that that's the other thing too. Hudson's another righty. So if if a move is going to be made, you would have thought that the Blue Jays would go for some left handed help. And I I think the reason they didn't do that is because they already know who their second lefty in the bullpen's gonna be, and it's Clayton Richard. Yep. So so he'll like shift out of the starting rotation when Buckholz is ready. But that that kind of like the Hudson signing, I guess, kind of solidifies the bullpen in that regard because you move Richard in, and then you have Hudson. So that's six arms. But Norris decided to stay in the organization. So if he comes in, there's your seven relievers right there. They're all old. Mm. Like Mesa's probably the youngest one. So you're you're relying on the miners to really develop your pitchers in that regard. But I, I guess that's the positive thing of this Daniel Hudson signing. It does really crystallize what the bull, what the pitching staff is going to be for this Blue Jays team. It's weird because this is, well, I guess it's not weird. This is just so Blue Jays, right? Especially in recent memory. This is, <laughs> this is a desperation ad, right? They're just trying to fill in spots in the bullpen. I was banking on them going uh, eight arms for the bullpen, but you make a very compelling case for seven. Yeah, and, and like that's not to say they couldn't go eight. Like, like again, Sam Gavilio can still be in our lives as the swing man, <laughs> so to speak. Which I I know that was a thing last year, like Blue Jays fans just clamoring, like we need someone who can eat innings. We do, like you know, Mike Hoffchild isn't gonna walk in off the street every time. So to to have Sammy G out there just kind of eating eating stuff up would would be a benefit if you have a younger team. They don't have a younger team right now. The pitching, like Aaron Sanchez, is probably the youngest pitcher. I I have to double check the ages right quick. But I'm pretty sure that with Barucki injured, Sanchez is going to be the youngest pitcher. Because yeah, Mays is older than him, so Sanchez is your is your youngest pitcher. He's already established. Jeez. So it's almost a throwback pitching staff to to those days when when the Blue Jays would like you know kind of kind of just drag guys in off the street and throw them out there and be like, hey, just get us some innings. You know, back in the days when it was like Roy Halladay and everyone else. So are we in a position to be I, I know it's frustrating, right? As fans, we want to see the team succeed and we don't want another throwaway year. We don't want a repeat of 2018. But doesn't this sort of make sense that they're not, you know, throwing their the, everything against the wall to try to scoop up as many like solid arms as possible? I know the the success of this team largely depends on the pitching on both ends, both starting and relieving. But this doesn't surprise me at all, and they never say outward that this is a rebuilding year. We're we're not really competing. They always give you like that little glimmer of hope, like the what ifs. But if this doesn't say another throwaway year. This signing, it's indicative of that. I don't know what else is. No, one one hundred percent. When they're when they're like, "Hey, we're gonna sign the guy who, I think what gave up five runs in six and two thirds innings this spring. He's the yeah. guy we need for our bullpen. Yeah. Let's let's bring him in. <laughs> that 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 doesn't scream trying to contend. This screams just get us through this year. Like I, like I guess if I'm thinking about it, and you do want to shield these younger arms from. You know, having to go out there and knowing that success isn't in the cards. 
maybe this is for the best. Maybe maybe this is the better strategy to just have guys out there who you know are not going to be a part of the future unless they like, you know, pitch out of their mind good. Like Daniel, if Daniel Hudson turns back the clock, sure, bring him back. But maybe it's for the best that these younger guys aren't exposed, and you just throw these throw these older guys out. It's weird to me because this is. It sounds like this is the recipe that the Blue Jays have been performing for the past one or two years, right? It's we need to scoop up these bottom of the barrel relievers. Hopefully they replenish their value and then they're gone come July. That seems to be the recipe of this. And this screams of this isn't, I know it's a one year deal, but this screams of this is a what four month rental for us. Fine. We'll, we'll hold on to them until the end of July and then we'll, we'll, you know, see you later. Thanks for nothing. That just seems to be the obvious conclusion here. Whereas I would rather see for sure if players like Tom Pannone, Sean Reed Foley had the stuff and can just like insert them into the, the major league squad. I'm not sure that they can have much more to prove in Buffalo in comparison to the Blue Jays. I'd rather know that they are either mainstays on this team or not than bringing up and dumpster diving for guys like Daniel Hudson. Yeah, and and that's totally fair because like we're we're finding about all these Blue Jays batters, but pitching is arguably more important because that's less likely to reveal itself immediately. Sean Reed Foley does have stuff to prove in Buffalo. I I can see that he still needs more control over over his arsenal of pitches. So I don't mind him going down there. I don't mind Thomas Pannone going down there, and and just getting a full season. I can see why you don't want to have these kids up there, but yeah, I I'd be I'd be happier, like I said, throwing a Hector Perez in the bullpen um, against Diaz, who you put on the forty man roster. Some of these younger guys to see how they fare at the major league level, as opposed to you know Tyler Clippard two point and they didn't get anything for Clippard last year, so. I don't know, man. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to walk into a season that, look, we, we touched on it already. It, it's something that we haven't experienced. We're going to see kids develop at the same time. It, the front office also seems like they're playing this, hey, wait and see if we can replenish value and then build towards the future. I get it. The, it, it is a teetering, balancing act, and I, I defend them on one hand and I get frustrated on the other, so I feel like a giant contradiction here. But... I have to remind myself to be patient, and I think that's the the name of the game for Blue Jays fans because there was nothing promised for 2019. I still don't think anything is promised for 2020. So having said that, this year is going to be certainly interesting on the offensive end. I, I'm not too sure it's going to be that entertaining on the uh, on the pitching side of the ball. Well, you're not excited to see Freddie Galvis strike out 175 times? <laughs> Totally. We can make it a drinking game. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we play that Blue Jay strikeout drinking game, no one's going to survive past April. That's true. That's true. Yeah, alcohol poisoning for sure. Um, let's Help talk us, about Brandon Drury. Your only hope. Ah, <laughs> uh, perfect. Um, that's a nice Star Wars reference. All right, let's talk about uh, Dalton Pompey. The dude just can't catch a break. Like, how many concussions does this guy need to go through 
really in a Blue Jays uniform or not in a Blue Jays organization uniform. It's crazy. And it, it was the strangest possible way that he got a concussion. The report is that he bumped his head on a stack of bats located on the top of his locker prior to Thursday's spring training game. This is crazy, and it's just like the baseball guards, uh, gods are trying to tell him, you are not meant to play baseball. And if there's any way that we can make that clear to you, we're going to randomly have a stack of bats on top of your locker for you to get a concussion. This is his third concussion, I believe. Um, uh, jokes aside, I don't want to three concussions for an individual is far too many. Like, I, I hope he's okay. I hope his brain activity, his head, really, seriously, that is of the utmost importance. And I'm glad that most professional sports are taking an interest in taking these things seriously when it comes to head injuries. But I don't know how you move forward with him because if I'm not mistaken, he's out of options. So is he guaranteed to have a spot on the team, assuming that he's okay? How would you handle this Pompey thing? First of all, as as a tall person, I am well aware of the many, many different ways you can give yourself concussion in everyday <laughs> life. I, I'm pretty sure I gave myself a concussion yesterday feeding the cat <laughs> because I had to bend down and put the food in his bowl, and I didn't see where the counter was in relation to that. So that's... Let's cut Dalton a little bit of slack, okay? I I can sure. see how you hit your head on some bats there. But yeah, it's it's just the latest installment in a collection of disappointing incidents with him. Like a a lot of it's been his body just not cooperating, but some of it's self-inflicted. It's why he wasn't called up last year for for September because because of his attitude. So he he has been, you know, given every chance to be a success with this team. And I know the Blue Jays are loath to put him on waivers because some team will look at him like the Giants and be like, yep. we can turn him into something. We can get him for free. So they will totally go for it. They'll they'll look past the concussions. They'll look past the wrist injuries and say, we, we can get them for nothing. So just by necessity, I, I had Pompey penciled into this lineup, but with with the way they've been churning pitchers lately and with the Baraki, um uncertainty, let's say, to start the season, it, it might just be too little too late for him. And, and even proving that he could be that fourth outfielder this season, because he, he hasn't been bad at all. In spring, like two eighty-two, yeah, two eighty-two, batting average, seven RBIs. He's he's been playing right and center, so he's he's shown what he needed to do to try and get that fourth outfielder role. But just you you can't be that backup guy if you're if you're knocked out yourself. So I I want to say he still makes this team as the fourth outfielder behind. Uh, Hernandez, Grichuk, and Pilar, because they're they're kind of shifting McKinney. McKinney's already on the team, but they've yeah. been using him at first base too, so they might see him as more more utility bat like that. But I I figured he would make it just for the speed and for the ability to play center field. But with Grichuk able to do that, Dalton Pompey might have run out of chances. And and honestly, I would not be surprised 
at all if he was a name that comes off this roster to make room for Daniel Hudson, which would be pretty much peak Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's wow. I didn't even think of that. That's got Blue Jays written all over it. Look, I, I want him to succeed. I want him to succeed. Maybe it's not going to happen in a Blue Jays uniform, but I, I'd like for him to succeed in any organization. I think that he has the stuff. It's the problem is he just can't stay healthy. It's been multiple times that he's been bitten by the injury bug, and it's frustrating, and I think it's frustrating for him. So maybe a change of scenery will do him well. Um Obviously, you can't trade him at this point. I, I think that we, we talked about how you don't necessarily trade people in spring training. Maybe the, the Jays missed the boat because he was doing fairly well in spring training. Maybe that was the most opportune time. Keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully, he wasn't going to get injured and oh, concussion. So, I don't know. Maybe they missed the boat on it. Maybe it's time to move on. Um, I'm not necessarily fearful that he's going to light it up in another organization like I would before in previous years, right? Like Jay's release players, and you always think that the Rays or the Red Sox or the Yankees are going to pick him up and he's going to become a superstar. I don't really have that hesitation when it comes to Pompey. I think he's, I don't want to say he's going to be just a guy, but at the same time, I kind of have the feeling he's going to be just a guy. Yeah, you're you're not making concessions for Terrence Gore. You're not going to make concessions for Dalton Pompey either. So right, right. And 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 you know there there are other names that could be BFA'd as well. Jonathan Davis is still on the forty man roster, and he's older than Pompey, so he could be taken off if they feel that Pompey will be better going forward. So I mean, it's, well, let's not sign his ticket out of town yet, but you know. The concussion thing is just, it, it's not helping his chances at all. Right, right. We, we don't even understand the long-term effects of them as much. Well, we definitely do have a better understanding previous compared to previous years of how concussions can affect people moving forward. But we're still sort of new to that, and I don't know that it's going to be wise for him, even just as a person, to continue to fulfill this. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how bad. Three concussions, man, that's a lot. So... I don't know. Best of luck to him. Hey, I hope. hey, hey. I'm just saying. For all for all the time for all the times I've hit my head, I still talk good, right? <laughs> you do. <laughs> you do. You do. I, I maybe you had two concussions. Maybe you're one concussions away from not talking so well. I love it. Um, let's move on. I do want to talk about Bo Bichette a little bit. I know people were. Um, I, I personally was expecting him to start in AAA Buffalo. Other people were inclined to have him up early. I didn't think that was possible just because the evidence is showing that they're playing this dancing game with Vlad's service time would not surprise me if they did the same song and dance with Bo Bichette. So I wanted to get your take on this. Did you expect him to start the year with the Blue Jays or do you think, nah, inevitably Buffalo Bison for the 2019 season? I had it pegged at a negative zero chance that yeah. Bo Bichette started the season with the Blue Jays. Like if, if there were any, any thoughts at all, of both starting with the Blue Jays, they have evaporated the second Freddie Galvis signed his name on the dotted line. Yep. Like the, the Blue Jays are quite content to just slow play this and bring bring them up at a very steady, deliberate pace. Like we're seeing that with Vlad now. And and they might delay Vlad even further because Brandon Drury's been really good so far this spring. Probably gonna be the leadoff hitter because who else is gonna do it? Yeah. I'm I mean, I would advocate for Teoscar Hernandez, but I'm not a manager. So um yeah, I I never I never thought Bo was in the picture this year. 
I mean, he's had a great spring. It's great to see. Anytime anyone's hitting over 400, it's awesome. You love it. But, But, again, there's a plan in place, and they're not going to deviate from that plan. So, Bo Bichette was always going to be in the minors to start. Is he going to get majorly at-bats this season? Very possible. They're going to be out of contention in September. So, who knows? Freddie Galvis might have been traded by then. So, I I think it's more possible he makes his debut this season, but I never thought he would be up to start. Like, I mean, Vlad, like you said, Vlad wasn't. So why would Bo Bichette be any different? Right. Yeah, it's, I think the writing was on the wall. You're right, when Galvis was signed. And um, I, I'm not confident that he's going to get major league at-bats. I think, look, if Vlad wasn't on this team, we'd all be talking about Bo, right? Bo would be the guy that we're looking towards the future with, and he'd be the fixture of the of the prospect pool. I think it's more likely he'd, he'd that... Be, the, he'd be vintage Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah. That's what yeah. he would be. I think it's more likely that they're going to do the service time thing with him. Whether or not you think that's a good or a bad thing, that's a completely different argument. I just think that it's likely, given how this organization has operated with their prospects, I think it's likely that they want to hold on to them for as long as possible. And when you're talking about a throwaway year of a a non-contending year with the Blue Jays, I don't really see the need to bring him up, even in September. I, d- I don't know why you would, for what, just to get him some big league at-bats for a couple of games, like 20 games. I, sure, I'd rather see him start fresh in April of 2020 or mid-April of 2020 and have him be a mainstay for the team for the entire year. I get the argument to give him some major league at-bats when the rosters expand. It, it would make sense on paper to do so. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not confident that this front office is geared in that way. Yeah, and, and I can see that argument. Because, I mean, he'd, he'd essentially be facing the same competition he is now. Just like spring training guys, guys are trying to play out the string. That sort of thing. And, and you really see that more for guys like Rowdy Telez or... Um, Danny Jansen, right. like less heralded guys. So, it I can I can see just waiting and letting him like, you know, start the clock early. Um, when he when he comes up in like 2020, if you want to do it like that, I I think the biggest reason to give him those September at bats is for the fans themselves. Is right. just to have that kind of, you know something to hold on to as opposed to oh look richard urania is playing shortstop again today hooray yeah no yeah i i I feel you i i just think that look this is the next cba uh agreement or the discussions between the two parties is happening for 2021 that's when it runs up i think the jays are going to milk this until then because the service time issue is going to be a big one and i think this is going to change dramatically uh post 2021 so i think they look at it this is our last shot that we can manipulate the system quote unquote and uh let's just let's just do it while we have some of the hottest prospects in baseball and it will benefit us so i think maybe that's their line of thinking i don't know that it's i know that sounds really uh cerebral i guess but at the same time i it just screams blue jays to me no it it 100 makes sense you know What's, what's the old saying? Smoke them while you got them? Yeah. yeah. So, Blue Jays are going to smoke it for all it's worth. 
Um, and, and, and yeah, like it, it's, it's easier to justify that too. When you have the kind of log jam at the top, when you have a Brandon Drury, when you have a Lourdes Gurriel and a Devin Travis. So it makes it easier to justify keeping them down there as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because this is his first time tasting AAA, I think, right? He's, he spent the entire year in double A last year, correct? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, so I can see them saying something like, oh, we just wanted to give him a full year of AAA to really refine his skills and to work on whatever, his defense or his conditioning. Whatever that they're talking about, Vlad, they're going to just shift it to Bo and people are just going to swallow it. So we, we really need him to be down there so we can have that Buffalo Wings Bichette jersey <laughs> available for the public. Man. All right, Let, let's, let's wrap this up. What I like to do is I like to... I like to have uh, each guest give their win total prediction. Um, last year, they won 73 games. I gave them the benefit of the doubt of winning five more games. I'd say they win 78 this year. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if they eclipse that or hit that exactly. What do you think? What do you think the Blue Jays' win total will be? See, I was all set to be like, this is going to be a, a bad season, like 68 wins. It's not out of the possibility, but that that's I I said that at the start. The spring has given me a bit of hope. Aaron Sanchez looks like he's dialed back the clock. He's he's looked really good in spring. He's gonna win a couple games on his own. Um Strowman's look good. So when you have two starting pitchers that you know look good, you're you you gotta set like a floor of seventy wins or so problem is what they're going to get out of the rest of the rotation and if the offense is going to be able to do enough to to help them like like Clayton Richards going to give up five runs Matt Shoemaker's going to give up like three runs um like the bullpen's going to blow up repeatedly Ken, like what what are the odds on Ken Giles punching himself in the face again this year I, I imagine they're pretty good <laughs> So at least twice. <laughs> so is the offense going to be able to do enough to cover that? And when Vlad Jr. comes up, that obviously gives them more of the threat. They're going to have Kendra some smoke here. The top of the lineup looks better with Teoscar Hernandez and Brandon Drury at the top of it. And you throw in Lourdes Gurriel. They, they could probably scratch out some wins that they don't deserve, but I'm, I'm less hopeful of that. So if I actually have to pin it down and say a number, I I think they go 75 and 87 okay. this year. I think they get a good I think they get a good draft pick, which <laughs> they'll want. But I I I it's it's not gonna be a playoff team. Let's not no. get ourselves. No. I mean, 75 is better than 73. That is true. Which is what they totaled last year. So this this is, by definition, an improvement. So it, that's something that you can hang your hat on, right? Clayton Richard is worth two more wins than the melange of pitchers they used in that fifth starting slot. Hey, hey, as long as we don't see Biagini get any starts, I think it's safe to say that they're going to win more than 73. If Biagini does get a start, it's over. It's done. Just pencil it. It's I, done. It's over. I I think we can officially put Joe Biagini starting pitcher to rest. So I hope so. At, at least that's some good. Out. That's some good that came out of 2018. That's true. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up here. This is your time to shine. You can promote 
any and everything you got going on, any uh, up, upcoming podcasts that you got for Lockdown Jays, anything from Jays on the Couch you got going on, Jays from the Couch, sorry, you got going on, floor is yours, man. Take it over. About to say, Sean will hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> you get it wrong. Um, yeah, check out um, Lockdown Jays wherever you get podcasts on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Himalaya, which is uh, a new podcast app hmm. that, that we're with. So, um yeah check it out on there it's been kind of infrequent during this whole winter you know um various other things going on in my life but we're trying to get back into the swing of things we did have a new episode last week we will have another one soon because we have to dissect everything that there is to know about daniel hudson joining the blue jays (laughs) so um this was just a taste on here Exactly. Just scratch the surface on what Daniel Hudson means to the Blue Jays. So, um, yeah, we we will touch on that at some point this week. Um, Also, if you haven't already purchased your 2019 guide to the Toronto Blue Jays from Jays from the Couch, you should do so. It's available on Amazon. It's got this really slick looking black cover. It's got um write-ups on every blue jay inside um shy davidi did the forward for it um also also fun fact shy davidi also not a fan of josh towers so there's the second josh towers reference of the day (laughs) um yeah there's stuff like that in there um i i wrote about roy halliday for the second straight year and put together a bunch of profiles on new jays including john axford who is no longer with us so you know, feel free to reminisce about the mustache as you read it. Um, but yeah, it's available on Amazon in e-copy and hardcover. So, you know, get it however you wish and enjoy the hard work of all the people over at jaysfromthecouch.com because they put a lot of effort into it. No, for sure. For sure. It's, look, to, to touch on the expert thing, wouldn't surprise me at all if they re-signed him when he's uh, better yeah. later on this year. But that's a different story. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's... Jace from the couch, hardworking bunch of people. Um, very, very good stuff. Also, locked on Jays, dude. I admire your grind. It's uh, you do that daily, right, throughout the season. <laughs> um, sure, daily, yes. That I mean, is yeah. The plan. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a grind. Yeah, it it is, and we're we're kind of switching formats a little bit this season, so so hopefully be a little, be a little easier. But I want to be able to, you know, get that up to date. Blue Jays talk that people got accustomed to last year, and hopefully we will continue to do so in the future. All right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. I hope to do this again soon, and uh, go Jays, man. 75 wins, go Jays. <laughs> it's, it's a low bar, but we can get there. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors. Raptors.